I'm Hillary. And I'm Clinton. And welcome to Black Atlantic. We're a podcast, website, and media channel with the goal of bringing Black, Canadian, East Coast voices to the world. You can expect to hear from us every week with guests or open discussion, exploring topics and perspectives from all over Atlantic Canada. Be sure to visit our website at blackmanic.ca. And search for us, uh, Black Atlantic, on all socials. How are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm finally enjoying the sun after a few days of rain, doing my farm boy stuff, trying to fix my broken tractor. I've been under the tractor all day. It's wild. I had like my guinea fowl birds watching me. But no, I'm good. I'm still adjusting to being back from Toronto uh, and all that entails. Um, getting stuff done though, feeling motivated. Had a good week, no big news, but uh, yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm tired, but I'm good. Um, friend of the show, Meredith Bat was here. Um, they're book Lennon Cub is they're giving a talk about it today and participating in a queer um, symposium and so last week I went to like part of the symposium art gallery and we did dinner twice I finally went up the CN Tower yesterday for the first time with them and ate at the 365 restaurant as well as went to the ferry uh, to go to the Toronto Islands for the first time ever too even though I've lived here for like three and a half years Um, so that was really nice and a very good time um other than that yeah it still feels like adjusting from being home and like this week there's four events going on as you know in my life um so I'm just trying to like get to Canada Day so I can like rest that's how it feels anyway I'm looking forward to Canada Day and um yeah actually that reminds me I did do stuff this week uh earlier on in the week there was in indigenous fair uh, hosted by the people of Fort Folly, which is a indigenous reserve near me. It's the smallest reserve in New Brunswick. It was over in Sackville. Uh, it was nice. There was a lot of people dressed in traditional garb, drum circles, craft tables and such like that. Um, Sally and I learned a few dances and got involved in what we thought was a couple's dance, but it was like a competition where we had to dance with a potato on our foreheads and do all these twists and turns and jumps, and we won. I also went out to a fair this weekend in Dorchester, um, trying to get more involved with my village community people. Not a lot of people, farmers and other interesting people working on some cool stuff out here. That's so so exciting. (laughs) You just went in there that you won the potato dance? Yeah, yeah, 40 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, oh, good job. It, was, it. it was oddly impressive. We had to jump. We had to like both jump off the ground at the same time with the potato on our forehead. I don't know who's interested in this, but the point was um, we got exposed. That, I don't know how much of indigenous culture that particular competition was a part sure. of. And maybe there is some kind of couple things. in. Yeah. The, anyways, I did more than I said. Hey, that's super cool. I'm I'm proud of both you and Sally for winning. It sounds so weird. Okay. That's hilarious. Um, So this week, I think we're only going to talk about two topics that are going on. One, extremely heavy. And while not not explicitly Black specific, I think it's really important to talk about. Um, In the States, Roe v. Wade um, was overturned. um, And we'll explain more about what that means in a second. Um, And then the other hot button topic this week for New Brunswick, which is my favorite topic, the one I always seem to come back to talking about, is uh, stuff involving Commissioner of Systemic Racism. Uh, This time, Manju Varma's one of two of her employees is stepping down and will have resigned as of, I believe, July 4th. Um, And you gave some... I think gave some insight into what's going on in an article with CBC, but also I was not surprised by the insights. So I don't know how much of um, shocking information it was, uh, but those are the two topics we're going to be discussing this week. Uh, do you have a preference with which one we start with first? No, you can jump into whatever one you prefer. Let's get the Roe v. Wade one out of the way. I feel like I want to end angry and start sad. Um, um, and I'll I'll only say what I know. I I. We, we're both tired and I don't, I didn't do a lot of research before this, but I'll say what I know about Roe v. Wade. I know that it is a bill, I believe, or legislation that was passed in America, uh, I think in like 1973, about 50 years ago, um, that essentially protected the right to an abortion for all of the United States of America. So it did not matter what each individual state did. Um, the whole of the country had a right every woman person with a uterus had a right to an abortion. Um, from my understanding before Trump left after some Supreme court members 
passed away or retired. They were replaced by people who um, seem to really want to put the church and state back together instead of separating the church and state. And so in leaked documents that were leaked um, early May, because it happened the same day as the Met Gala, it had already been leaked that the Roe v. Wade would end up being overturned. And uh, I think yesterday or the day before, no, sorry, last Friday. Um, so at this point of recording about five days ago, it was successfully overturned by the Supreme Court of America. Um, and what this means is that any of the more Republican states most likely will make it so that abortion is illegal or much more difficult to achieve um, in a safe and humane way. And that's what is very scary for a lot of people, because that means that um, marginalized people, people with not a lot of money, people with uh, people of color more specifically will be affected by this because they will have a harder time traveling to other states or traveling to Canada to get safe abortions. And more women are going to die by um, getting abortions in these much more difficult, excruciating, life-threatening ways. Um I guess I'll ask you your thoughts before I like end up crying. <laughs> well, you can go first, actually, because I think this is if that's OK, if this this is, you know. Yeah, I think that it's like it's very like it's horrifying. Um, we've I don't know. I've seen memes and jokes about this for I, like since Trump got elected that, you know, um, America just continues to go back in time to like the 1940s, the 1950s. Um, and this is very scary as a woman and as a woman of color. Um, I think my biggest thought is that it's not that Canada is like that far off from that. Like there are the statistics that show that a large percentage of the conservative government would vote to abolish abortions or like take away that access of healthcare, et cetera. If we had a conservative federal government, which is part of the only reason why I continue to vote liberal, even though I hate them as well. Um, and in New Brunswick, like Clinic 554 was shut down by Blaine Higgs, and it was one of the very few safe independent clinics where you could get an abortion in New Brunswick. Um, and there continues to be petitions about that and um, people trying to find ways to either bring it back or get safe abortion rights for women in New Brunswick. And so I like, again, it's one of those situations where we continue to look at the states and be in shock and awe of how archaic they are when Canada is really not that far off. And as someone who is very loud about all the time she has been sexually assaulted, I think it's horrific. Um, I can't imagine being my current age and getting pregnant and it being like there being health issues and needing to abort just for a health concern and not having that option also can't imagine when I was like 22 and getting sexually assaulted if that would happen and I was stuck with that baby like I it's absolutely upsetting um and I feel very bad for America and I just I like I don't understand I don't understand if no one can overturn the Supreme Court then I just don't know like where they go next um and also there's been I mean, I specifically wanted to speak about Roe v. Wade, but there's been several other things this week as well that the Supreme Court has done that are are very concerning. Um, I think they've said now that if uh, like homeroom teachers want to, they can lead their classes in prayer and all of this stuff. And like now they're they're really going back to like the church and schools are one, which is ridiculous. And people keep saying like, well, if a Muslim, the Muslim person started to try to lead their class into prayer, I bet that they would revert it really quickly, but I don't know what's going on down there. Very, very concerning. Yes. Um, all of that. <laughs> Was the Roe versus Wade decision completely overturned or does there, is there one final step? I think it's completely overturned. Okay. Yeah. I so back when, I, I think you're right. I just wasn't sure. I was reading something earlier this morning that had me confused. But when Trump was elected and when Trump was trying to stack the Supreme Court, these are some of the issues that people knew were going to come up and were going to be concerned. What are their names? Um, Amy Connie Barrett, uh, as well as, what's his name, Kavanaugh? Yeah, they were interviewed and they were interviewed um, and they had a lot of answers that tried to lead people to believe that they wouldn't 
go in this direction. And there was a lot of doubt and it kind of got brushed under the rug. And now these issues are coming back up. Um, There's certainly many aspects of abortion that people don't consider when having this argument. They just simply consider it. They like to uh, play the image of the the teen girl, uh, not even acknowledging the guy, but the teen girl or the young girl that has sex and gets pregnant and aborts the baby, and how um, quote unquote irresponsible that is. But it doesn't take take into account things like rape and ectopic pregnancies and pregnancies in which the mother is almost certainly bound to die. Um, it certainly should be, you know, a woman's right to make that decision, regardless of what your opinion on is on abortion, whether or not you think abortion is killing a baby or not. Even if you do think it's killing a baby, uh, it should still be the woman's right to choose. Um, this is certainly not only an attack on women, it's an attack on people of color and black women, like you said. Um, this is going to affect disproportionately um, people of color, people in lower socioeconomic uh, economic statuses in certain neighborhoods um, with lower incomes, especially in the states where health care is not covered by taxpayer money. Um, 13% of the women in America are Black. And for reasons I'm not aware of, 36% of the abortions performed in America are of Black women. Um, now, that is a whole other podcast episode for why that is, why there is such a larger rate of black women having abortions than non-black women. But we also know that black women face a lot more issues with childcare, childbirth. Uh, they have a much higher risk of dying in America trying to give child care, uh, trying to give birth to a child. Again, for some of those same reasons we just mentioned, housing. Uh, socioeconomic status, job, and just general health. Um, 52% of African Americans in America are aborted. So again, I can't speak to the reasons of why and what that's going to do for America over the years. Um, if that will mean more black people are born or more black women die as a result of not having options. Um, it's really scary. Uh, so for people who live in Republican states, it's almost an absolute that they are going to lose access to those services. But in a lot of ways, um, people will die simply from trying to get abortions done in like underground, shady black market clinics as well. I don't think it's going to necessarily stop the amount of people who try to get abortions. It's just going to make things a lot more dangerous for them um this is not the same thing but it's like the needles and parks argument like you know when you have a park littered with an area of the city where there is a lot of homelessness or drug use and crime do you just ignore it and leave it alone or do you provide safe boxes for um drug users to put those needles so that children are safe um again don't <laughs> it's not the same argument but it's similar like people are going to try to get abortions anyways and now it's going to make it a lot more dangerous for them no it, it's not definitely not this it's an apples to oranges but like the idea of safe supply and just giving people the resources they need to live in a way the lives they want like you're not going to make these women not still want and or need abortions that like fundamentally is 100 correct um what was pointed out to me last week, because for the first time ever, I did um, Sober Black Girls Club, which is something I've wanted to participate in do a very long time. It's an American group of women that are women, femme, or queer presenting um, who are also all sober who meet. And so there was a couple people in Canada, but mainly in the States, and it had just been announced that day. And they pointed out the fact that... Um, the the sentence I heard it was crazy to me because I've never been in an all black female like group of something and so I had like the best time and I thought it was wonderful but they straight up were just like you'll fuck those white women <laughs> and I was like oh we're speaking this way I've never I've never I'm from Moncton we don't speak this like I've never been in a group of women to talk like that but they straight up were just like fuck these white women because black people have never had body bodily autonomy and it's up to white women to have defended and fought harder for this and they were just saying that like as a collective it feels like black women in the states are just tired because they've been fighting for their own bodily autonomy for every single thing that they do all of the time outside of just abortion and that this would have been the one time for these like white women allies to step up and try to 
do something about this, but nothing was done. Granted, being someone who lives north of the border, I don't know what could have been done. I don't know how many white women protesting would have changed anything in the Supreme Court's mind, because as I was sort of saying before, I like, I guess politically there's nothing higher than them. And so nothing can be done, even though to me, this is like archaic and obscene and disgusting. Um, but it was yeah. interesting to hear the of other black women just being like white women should have fought harder for everybody. Um, cause yeah, ultimately it's going to be, it's going to be poor white women and any racialized woman who suffer the most. It's been, that's such an, yeah, that's an interesting perspective. It's been a huge debate in Canada and the States and probably other countries for decades, if not over a century now, abortion is always going to be a hot topic issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how many women and white women would have fought because just like with the elections, it's an issue America is divided on and mm-hmm. you have a lot of Republican states and especially Christian or Christian pretending people who are highly against it for religious reasons and decisions like this in the states make a lot of people happy not only the men uh, make a lot of women happy um so i wonder how many there would have been to fight to begin with i don't know i saw a video of some white female politician saying that it's up to the woman to monitor her semen intake and i was just like (laughs) like that's um, not a thing that's not how it works like you can't what that's not fair it's just not fair women are not even close to exclusive exclusively responsible for pregnancy and, and a but, lot of times even when it's not sexual assault or a rape it is not their fault in any way whatsoever no it, it's definitely that but also to have I, it's one, it's frustrating to put all the onus on women. Secondly, it's frustrating to hear a woman try to say to other women that the means of protecting yourself is to monitor how much semen you're intaking. Like that's not scientifically that, that is mean? not a Yeah, I, I kind of like blew over my head. Like, what does that even mean? I no, don't it's have not, a measuring I mean, cup like, in here. Let's not get into yeah, that this is that doesn't work. I can make a lot of weird comments about this. Like I can see the memes. I'm sure there are memes about that comment. It just doesn't make sense. So I don't it's like pretty weird to like monitor. It, like, okay, well, I've had um, this much this week. So I'm going <laughs> to cut back. Sense. I've reached my quota. I've reached my quota. So I'm sorry. We have to close up shop this Anyways, week. Yeah. It takes like a micro drop. It, like, it yes. If anyone, if these people would stop, one. I don't know. That's the thing, right? With teaching, like, like having the church and state come together is then you teach abstinence versus proper sex education. And you've got people who can to a room of other people say something like this without proper education, which like if anyone takes a course, it takes, like you just said, a micro drop to screw up someone's whole last day. Um, so yeah, the whole thing is just really sad. And it, I don't think it's not impossible to happen here, which is the scariest part. You know, it should certainly be a woman's choice. And I have you ever heard the argument that men should have a say? I mean, I, I would get torn apart and I don't think it's like, <laughs> I'm not saying this is my opinion, but there are women who, this is like such a rare case, but sometimes you have to talk about rare cases when it comes to abortion. There are women that set up men or that break condoms or that, that do other things to, to get themselves pregnant. So in my, in my opinion, in my mm-hmm. opinion, I think that like, unless it's like um situation where the woman's going to die, like there's very rare cases, but I don't think that like I do. I think that men should have a say in certain circumstances. I think that the other problem, the problem with like when women set men up <laughs> is that like the man could want that abortion, but she's, she's not going to go through with it. And so then you couldn't force her into it. You know what I mean? No, I think you it could couldn't. be a joint conversation. If it's like, Hey, I like, I don't think I'm financially ready. I'm 28 right now. I'm, ta- like, I'm talking like, let's say you're an NBA basketball player. We've all heard those stories. Right. And they like use the condom and the woman pokes a hole in the condom or the guy throws the condom in the garbage can. Cause this is documented. This happens. <laughs> Um, and then the woman will go into the garbage can, get the condom, impregnate themselves, and then the NBA player is stuck paying for child support for the rest of his life. Right. I'm not. This is. This should not be forefront. Uh, just before we end this topic, it is. No. I have heard it discussed among yeah other. The only places. problem with that scenario is the fact that you would be forcing a woman into a medical procedure. That's yeah, where- I know. 
that's where I think there's a problem there. But I think that if there's proof that that's happening, then that person should not be like, should be eligible for some kind of like, like criminal punishment and never get child support and be stuck to financially take care of that child on their own. And in like maybe a certain scenario, the reason I am alive, that is probably, probably the outcome that should have happened because I know that my mother was just trying to trap my father, but like, I don't think in those cases it should be an abortion, but I do think in a lot of cases men should be consulted because it's just as much their DNA that they could also potentially love that child, want that child. And if a woman just like, I don't know, I've heard of like the op, not the opposite, but the other scenario where women get pregnant, they don't want the baby. They say nothing, they abort it. And then somehow the man finds out later and would have wanted the kid and it ends relationships. Like that's also to me, a fucked up scenario for the guy. And I have sympathy to that scenario. Like I can't imagine not telling my partner for person I was with, even if it was for just like a short amount of time. That's that, that, that happens as well. And it's just yeah. a reality that women do try to trap men and also women get abortions without telling men. And, you know, even with the NBA basketball player, it could be your gut reaction to be like, well, then they shouldn't have had sex with her while on the road. But you can't say that because that's the same argument people try to use against women and they try to blame yeah. women while she shouldn't be having sex. Um, it's just going to remain, continue to be complicated. Yeah. Uh, what really saddens me is that, yeah, this isn't a decision that should have been overturned. It, sh- it should be, you see, I come from a Christian background and I, I, I do respect my parents' values, but I, it shouldn't have been a decision that's overturned. And regardless of your opinion on it, it's, if pe- people are going to try to get abortions anyways, and um, it should be the woman's choice the men yeah. should be having there should be this would be way down the road it's really complicated there should in some circumstances be a legal obligation for a man's opinion to be considered but again like you can force a woman into a medical procedure but maybe the whole burden doesn't have to be on the man if it can be proven that he was somehow tricked into pregnancy well and um, that's but in where... the end, sorry you can come. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say in the end, it's just it really saddens me how this is going to affect disproportionately women of color, black people. It's going to contribute to a lot more women dying um, unnecessarily. Yeah. And it's going to really hurt. Like We don't know if this will come to Canada, but we do know that Canada is heavily influenced by the states, regardless of how we like to do that better than now mentality. Mm-hmm. And it's just a sad day for people who, for whatever their reasons are want to live a life where they don't have a certain child if they get pregnant yeah all I was going to add is like that's where it comes into conversations about actually working harder towards like male contraceptive or vasectomies or getting it like to be stopped at a different like stopping it at a different source like if you not that I necessarily think all men in the state should be like lining up to get vasectomies to prevent like to help protect women but it is supposed to be reversible at a certain point. And I know that male contraceptive is something that has been, I think finally successful and in the works and just not, it's not like it hasn't like taken up a storm or anything, but like, I would, I would hope that in some of those Republican States that would be now considered a more viable option instead of the alternative. I agree with that. Um, because women's contraceptives, especially things like birth control and IUDs, they can actually be incredibly damaging and dangerous to a woman. Uh, There are physical dangers, and not only that, uh, it can cause blood clots in certain women, uh, extreme hormonal and emotional changes. And I don't know the long list, but I know there are a lot of serious health concerns for women who take birth control that get completely ignored because women's health is ignored in general. Uh, And, you know, they could have developed quicker or better, um, some better forms of male contraception. Like if a male vasectomy is reversible, uh, I don't think in all cases, and just because a man doesn't want to get a woman pregnant today, it doesn't mean he won't want to get it in a couple of years or with a particular woman that he's just dating a little while. Um, but a pill <laughs> for a male, um, you know, things like that. If a male, if you want to make the argument that, you know, a male who is living a single life and wants to be careful and wants to make absolutely certain that he cannot impregnate someone. If there was a pill that would make his semen not swim in the right direction or something like that, or go to sleep for a while, that would be something that should be explored as well. I definitely think so. But anyway, I guess we'll see how this pans out. Um, 
And my question still remains. I don't know at what point this could ever be put back. So I don't know what the next, I don't know, 50 years of America are going to look like. But that's why I was really curious about um, whether it was final, 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 because it will also um, be quite a topic in the upcoming elections. Aren't there going to be elections in the states? Uh, You know, it's so the Democrats are going to have a really strong argument for like, if you ever want this reversed, you have to vote vote Democrat, 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 Democrat. And we're going to see, like I said, America tends to be divided 50-50. I think the, other than the fear and threat of recession and the Russia-Ukraine war, abortion is going to be a hot topic during the upcoming elections. And I think they're the mid- term elections i think so uh, yeah so this is really going to heat up politics are going to be more heated than we've seen in a while the other thing the other thing too i think that roe v wade affects is like uh, an element of privacy as well from my understanding because now what they're saying is that doctors and like judges like you're you're like they're telling women your period tracker app could be subpoenaed in which case where you like input where your period's been, but like those apps also yep. allow you to track like anything you want. You can type in notes, like who, who you've slept with, how promiscuous you've been, how many people you've slept with, whatever. And so now like the, one of the first apps I saw on TikTok has developed like data encryption so that they can't be subpoenaed, but like that can go down the line to affect different illnesses, privacy, et cetera, in just like medical health in general. Wow, that's actually a serious issue. More than women. Yeah. Yeah, So this November 8th, 2022 is the midterm elections where all 435 seats in the House of Representatives and 35 of the 100 seats in the Senate will be contested. So depending on how people vote, you could see a major shift in American politics this fall. I'm pretty sure the Republicans, um, correct me if I'm wrong or if you know, do the Republicans currently control both the House and the Senate or maybe just one of the two, but uh, I know Joe Biden's having a huge amount of trouble getting anything done. Just like is off, like, like Obama had the same problem because the Republicans can shoot down a lot of what he proposes, anyways. That does make that does sound like a lot of what I've heard. So you're probably right, but fingers crossed that changes, or else I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where America really stands. Look, it's easy to read the news, um, but you know when Americans vote, uh, depending on voter voter suppression, mm-hmm. I think this would be a major caveat in how people decide to vote this fall especially those on the fencers yeah Uh, you want to know what i hope makes people change the way they vote in new brunswick (laughs) Uh, blame eggs and our beef yeah maybe i think you'll i think you'll uh change a few perspectives there literally at this point i'm about to move home i'm about to run for office against blaine just to fight him with my own hands but hey well we'd build you you'd have there may be people you already know doing that in, in the upcoming years. So, yeah. Maybe can, I would be a supporter. Hop on board or, yeah, hop on the yeah. team or, or run yourself. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So, as we've spoken about at length on this podcast, on other podcasts, on blogs, on me personally, on CBC, Commissioner of Systemic Racism and yep. this whole continued situation so i will do my due diligence and i will go through the timeline um may- hold on so first of all you wrote a blog on this recently and second okay. of all if you're still listening to this you know if you're on youtube smash that like button subscribe mm-hmm. to our channel if you are listening to us on any of your favorite streaming platforms follow us follow us right now please leave a comment <laughs> leave your opinion uh it really helps out the channel i really like right. to follow us right now please it's <laughs> cute <laughs> okay topic two yeah, so topic two. Um, back in, let's see if I can get this right, in May of 2021, it was announced that there would be a commissioner for systemic racism for the province of New Brunswick. There was never a timeline given on how quickly that person would be hired. However, it had explicitly said that the reporting needed to be done and the job would be finalized by March of 2022. That person was never hired until September. Justin Trudeau was re-elected on a Monday and that following Friday, Blaine Higgs announced that the person to be commissioner for systemic racism was Manju Varma. Great, fabulous, wonderful. I believe you and I had both said on different platforms at several occasions that we were a little skeptical about what this could bring because we didn't know what would hold Blaine Higgs accountable to actually do anything that was reported. We also weren't sure it would be a person of color reported or a woman, et cetera, et cetera. So Major Varma gets hired. They then change the date that the reporting would be due to the end of this year as opposed to March. So I believe it'll be now like December 
2022, or maybe I think I read in the most recent article, like late fall of 2022, but given like a six to seven month extension, considering how long it took for Manju to get hired. Throughout this podcast, we have reported on the fact that Manju has explicitly said um, that she cannot take uh, specific racism complaints while doing her inquiry because she just doesn't have enough time. However, she does have a bilingual podcast. We're not sure if that's taxpayer funded. I have questions still. And so in the last week and a half, um, one of the only two people hired working with her, uh, the senior advisor, Robert Tate Burroughs, has announced that he is stepping down as of July 4th. Um, he's only one of two staff working with Barma. Um, and he, in an article with CBC, uh, which I did link to in my blog, he sort of outlines the various different ways in which Blaine Higgs is actually just like impeding the reporting to even be done in a proper way. So I think where I was concerned that a report would be handed over and nothing would be done, I never thought that Blaine would just not let the reporting happen in an efficient, fair, or equitable way. Um, some examples include that um, Varma had a recommendation for the government to call a public inquiry into systemic racism against Indigenous peoples in the policing and criminal justice sector, um, and Blaine Higgs caused those to be shelved. Um, and there's a few other examples as well, which led uh, Taboros, like specifically, to say that he does not, he's no longer convinced that the work from the commissioner's office will meet the needs of the First Nations in the province as they have articulated them to us. After all of this, this caused uh, six different chiefs. Wait. Yes. Nine. Six chiefs. I, I thought it was oh, nine. Maybe six. Okay. Go on. Uh, the, the chiefs of I nine. I got this from your blog. The chiefs of nine Mi'kmaq communities in New Brunswick and Monday, they will no longer participate in the commissioner's process. And they joined six of the Wallace-Tokie nation would obviously obviously already previously declined to participate so it's a total of 15 indigenous people who are now like we're out we're done with this um i what do you, let me just start by asking your initial thoughts feelings questions and concerns well i am not surprised at all that the higgs government would block and submit and you know want to draw black blocked out lines on certain parts of this report or prevent them from being incorporated at all um you have been the one screaming it loudest from the rooftops uh, but we all have like this is rigged this is pr this is for showmanship yeah it's taxpayer money but they blow taxpayer money on everything i mean we wanted to be a little hopeful at least that there might be an attempt at goodness but now you know this is a bold move um weeks or months before weeks before this report's supposed to come out uh what's his name ray taylor burrows yes robert tay burrows robert tay burrows um him stepping down is quite significant um bringing the other nine chiefs with him um and also like that sucks one thing we've been really vocal about on this show since day one, and we can fully admit, is that as bad as Black people may have had it, as bad as immigrants or newcomers or other marginalized groups may have had it, like no one has had it worse in Canada than First Nations people. There's no comparison. Like, by a landslide, they have been screwed left, right, and center. And as much as, you know, as Black people and people of color, uh, immigrants, newcomers, as much as we want there to be less racism in this province and country, and as much as we were kind of like, hopefully waiting for the results of this to see if it would move the bar forward at all, it's the Indigenous people who are speaking out the loudest against it that are now apparently getting screwed the most. Um, and they're refusing to take part of it because they don't feel like Manju is making a report for Higgs. They feel like he's working alongside Higgs to put out um, an untrue and an unfactual, like an on a report that doesn't actually reflect the real needs, concerns, uh, and steps for First Nations people to to help eliminate systemic racism in this province. It's really depressing. It sucks. Like. <sighs> Higgs needs to be taken out of power. Uh, he's racist. I, you know, I have told people that when Higgs first got elected, uh, even though he was conservative, there was something I liked about him. I liked his, like his, he had this like 
cocky swagger badass rebellious like yeah he, he did he had like a he did you have seen him talk and he seemed to be like he was going to be a good politician but very quickly after i started to realize how racist he was this is months after he got elected and you know the evidence just kept building and now it's almost unarguable like this man is an absolute racist uh he's racist against indigenous people black people immigrants um he just doesn't care he's so cocky he's so cockyly like i wouldn't be surprised if he just came out and said it said it himself like yeah so what i am who cares you guys are all crap white people rule like, i would not be surprised in the slightest if he said that and he's probably said it behind closed doors um we don't like bligs on this channel bligs we don't like higgs oh, we had a funny name blame higgs <laughs> we used to call him blame higgs remember Anyways, yes. <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, I think Manju was a good person for the job with all the limitations that she had. I don't think anyone being put in that position would have been able to do the job. I met Junior Kalala um, a few months ago, who I believe is the only other person working with her now. Uh, he seemed like a, a good guy at the same time. He seemed a bit tired and stressed. Uh, I think it's a really hard task they undertook. And not only the task of it itself, but if if it's being suppressed by the people you're making the report for before the report's even out, like, what a waste of time. Um, yeah, this report's really damning. It's another conspiracy by the New Brunswick government. And it just really shows and proves that, yeah, New Brunswick is not taking the steps necessary under the conservative government. And probably they wouldn't do it under the liberals either to move the bar forward and help eliminate racism. Are you listening to background noise? Ah, okay. Yeah, my little three-year-old just ran in the room cute guy it wasn't yes. your background when someone's bringing my trash cans and so i was anticipating oh, okay. my turn to speak but all i hear in my end is <laughs> like oh. oh no couldn't hear that at all that I, well, I, I stayed on mute until now anyway gotcha yeah were you, were you done your point i'm done yep so i want to just read the, uh, what Robert Tabor said in his uh, resignation letter is that he was troubled by the false pretenses under which we were we are expected to do our work. The limits placed by external forces on what we can and cannot say in your final report has compromised our already fragile independence. It remains unclear to me that the leadership of this government can respect your independence, which raises my doubts that it will, if it ever intended to, receive your recommendations in good faith and with an open mind here now <laughs> um i think that it it to me is so upsetting and sad because like i said when i was reading everything else before i i think we all knew that this was going to be rigged but rigged in the sense that i expected blaine to look at the finished document tear it up into four throw it in a waste bin and just never do anything about it i didn't think that he would actually get into the way of um, any of the reporting that needed to happen. As you outlined, I do feel as a Black, queer, Acadian woman that the Indigenous people have had it worse than any of those minorities I am an intersectionality of. I believe that our country continues to try to create a genocide against them. They still don't have running water. We still have not uncovered all of the buried bodies underneath residential school sites, and these continue to be ongoing issues. And for them to purposefully shelve looking into the policing um, and like unjust criminal uh, activity that is like searched for against indigenous people is so alarming because it, it tells you that they know that the problem's there. It sort of reminds me of, um, wait, my whole thought just left. Um, I guess for me, all that makes me think of is that like, Oh, it reminds me of them trying to, uh, hide the mystery illness. To me, it reeks the exact same way. Yeah. You know yeah. damn well you've mistreated Indigenous people for uh, the entirety that, that this country has stood, the entirety that New Brunswick has been a province. We know that Blaine Higgs himself has done I wouldn't say bad against the Indigenous people, but at one point he had threatened to take away tax exemptions. We know that he has uh, not enshrined Truth and Reconciliation Day and then immediately worn an orange T-shirt for the photo op. Like He is all for, for the press and for making himself look good while purposefully hurting marginalized groups of people and being, as we've said in the opinion of this podcast, uh, an out loud racist. Um I, for me, it just makes me sad because I see the increased diversity every time I go home. I see like so many 
colors and beautiful people and faces and cultures coming into this province and this false attempt at getting work done to make anything easier for any groups of people is, is what's so saddening because it could have been a step in the right direction. It could have at least been a a better pretended step in the right direction, but for somebody to quit, who's straight out saying like, we're not going to like this work is already being undermined is insane. And not to be that, I don't want this to sound like I'm being that person by being like, what about us? But if we know that Indigenous people are being hurt the worst, and it would have been probably the easiest to report on how to make their community safer, and we know that specifically their community is one that is being neglected in this report, how is this report ever going to serve Black people who, in my opinion, have it slightly better in New Brunswick? Like, are they only going to talk about the marginalized people who do have it better to make it seem like they're not that bad? Or were they just going to lie about everything? That's the question that I have. And we we will find out because the report will get done. But uh, in my head, it's it's an entire farce. And so is the province of New Brunswick. It upsets me. Like, <laughs> boiling point upset. <laughs> I am so tired, but I have enough energy to be like, fuck Linux. <laughs> the entire province of New Brunswick is a farce. Did you mean to say that like that? Because that's funny and not necessarily untrue. But that's literally what came out of your mouth. That is what I said. That is what I meant. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't mean like That's the funny. population, like, yeah. but if you think like <laughs> New Brunswick is a joke, it's a joke. There, I, In a lot of ways it is. Yeah, it you're has right. So the redeeming qualities of the province are wonderful, but there are so few in comparison to this tomfoolery. I will use every whack word that I know, but like it is upsetting. It's upsetting that New Brunswick is a joke. Yeah, there are a lot of places in Ontario, uh, in Canada, that have problems. Like I was recently at my brother-in-law's house, and we talked for a long time about a lot of the struggles Black people in Toronto still face. Uh, the police are still quite aggressive towards them. They still are misrepresented in a lot of ways. You may see some successful Black people or some middle-class Black people, but you don't realize that the majority of them are still living in pretty bad conditions mm-hmm. in Toronto, in certain neighborhoods and stuff like that. Um, you know, props to Robert Tay Burroughs for speaking out and you know getting his voice out there because you know that certainly sheds light on the situation in a big way and it will really affect um the way this report is seen when it comes out if he had not have said anything the report it, it wasn't is the report wouldn't have actually had like black redacted lines, right? By the sounds of it, they were just literally telling them and behind closed doors what they had to avoid, what they couldn't talk about, what they couldn't discuss, according to um, Robert Tabros. Um, hopefully, now hopefully this is like that hope, like shining grace. Maybe some of these people from around Canada and Ontarians that are black or people of color that have moved here in the past year, um, maybe they will can help contribute like we try to do to being the strong voice the ones that stay here at least the ones to be that strong voice to be like "Uh uh-uh like i'm not down for this this is not how things should go like this is not right i have a friend named azuri that i'd like to have on the show soon uh he's grew up in toronto uh, from jamaica and he actually got into healthcare when he moved here and it's funny because he's like a young black male in healthcare but he has become like sort of the whistleblower or, or the or the voice for all the things that are wrong at his particular place of work in his actual department. And he's actually been speaking out against, not even just because he's Black, he's been speaking out against like job labor issues and where people are treated. And he's organized meetings and he's got the company to actually start to treat their employees better. Uh, a Black Torontonian coming into Brunswick working in healthcare. So hopefully like... <laughs> Immigrants may not know their rights in Canada, but Canadians do. So my hope is that the people that came to New Brunswick over the years, they will see the same bullshit that we see, and they will start to speak out just as loud as us uh, and make change as well. Because we damn know well that this, we know we know now, if we had any doubt, that this report is not going to work to make any changes in New Brunswick. And so the question is, like, this is bullshit. We thought it was bullshit. What can we continue to do? Like, what's next? We know there's lots of work being done behind the scenes. We talked to a lot of people doing work, but the pressing. Oh, so Robert Tabros. It's also interesting that he, before he decided to make the decision to step down, he spoke to Arlene Dunn, who is the Minister of Aboriginal Affairs for the Conservative New Brunswick government, but also is a board member for. Black Lives Matter, New Brunswick, based out of St. John. So I wonder what the conversation was had 
there. And, and what Arlene Dunn is saying in the news seems to contradict Robert Tabor's position. Arlene Dunn is saying that actually, no, uh, race relations have improved with the conservative government in New Brunswick regarding indigenous people, and they're moving the bar forward, not backward. However, the chiefs are saying something different. Um, so that's a question, too. Um, I know in the article, like, or Arlene had said she found it alarming from her perspective that when she asked the question about some of the work that's being done within the respective departments around policing, that Varma wasn't aware about those things at all and that her report didn't include input from various government departments. So almost like she was targeting very specific ones instead of giving an overview of all of them. And Arlene Dunn had concerns about that. So I do find it interesting hmm. Hmm. Uh, that Arlene has concerns from of, about Varma's work, Ray, Ray, like also, and then he has concerns about how Higgs is preventing things. And so it's sort of, I don't know if it's supposed to read as though Arlene Dunn is also saying, well, like she missed these three points, like almost as a, a comeback to, because apparently in the conversation, it was a behind the clo- behind closed doors conversation that had with Varma, Arlene Dunn, Blaine Higgs, and Robert Tabros all together that sort of, I think, led to this like falling apart of, of the, the whole mission. And so I don't sure. know, I don't know if Arlene's saying that like she had concerns as well as supposed to be a, not a jab, but also that's, something else. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So in a way that's compromising the ability of Varma to do her job properly yeah. by saying, well, no, girl, you missed this, that, and that. You're like, things are better than you think. Uh, you ain't right about this. Um, and at the same time, that's not really a response. That's not really a response to saying, just be, if, if she is saying that the report is leaving out these things that make the government look good, that's not really a response to Robert T. Burroughs saying, no they're not letting us put in the report things that are bad. <laughs> That's not, you don't say, well, these things are good, so you can't report on these things that are bad. Uh, it seems like a politician's deflection in a way. Yeah, I mean, the way the article, and I mean, obviously, like, fans and supporters of CBC on the show, because we do work directly with them, but the way that they've outlined the article, it does segue from Andrew Varma saying that everything is on the table for her report and she'll stand by her recommendations. And then she's quoted as saying it will be a collection of voices that have been silenced thus far. Immediately after that, CBC points out that on speaking to reporters on Monday, Dunn had pointed out that she had left out several perspectives. So the way CBC outlines it is as if Varma's like, I'm going to shine a light on people who've not had a voice. And then Arlene Dunn being like, well, you missed eight voices. And so it sounds probably Hmm. much cattier than it actually is and much more dramatic than it actually is. But it is interesting to hear an an invalidation from the government of Varma, an invalidation from Robert Taborose of the government. Like everyone is saying that the report is going to be null and void because it's not honest. Whether you're Arlene Dunn saying Varma's missing something or you're Robert Tabaro saying that Varma can't be honest. It's like most things, it's complex. But the government, if that's the case, the government, if she puts out a report, the government can be like, oh, we want to add this after. Like There shouldn't have been a discussion of what they couldn't put in there. She's how to do the job. There shouldn't be any, she's not working for them. So there shouldn't be any direction on how she makes her report. That's how I feel. Like I, from my understanding and hope, like the commissioner, like, you're supposed to do an inquiry. You're paid by taxpayer dollars. Just it's do interference. Your... It's conflict of interest. Yeah, that's how I feel, hundred percent. So, yep. but we yep. always knew. So it's a crock. It's a it's like already a joke. Yeah, it's a crock. Yeah, it's all a fraud. You yeah. did bring up something though that I will mention briefly before we wrap up is that the um, when you spoke about like Toronto and stuff, the, uh, the did you see the report that the police gave out here? That said that nope. crime, crime towards racialized black people was up something like 230%, like dis- disproportionately. And so then they had to apologize before releasing the report because it's something insane. Hold on. I know I said I we would go through this. Hold on. No, no. Okay. Report. It's insane. No, we can, that could be another topic. We can't end the podcast by... Doing we'll talk about it another time, but I'm pretty sure it's like yes. hundreds of percent. So uh, lots of percentages. Yes. Nowhere, nowhere safe to live. It's all lies. 
I was in Toronto and I witnessed some crazy stuff just in my four or five days there. My daughter witnessed like a street fight in which someone whipped a cane at her and she had to dodge out of the way to be avoided. My sister, who wasn't even with me on my trip, just got back. Uh, yeah. She was only there for four days and she said she witnessed like three different conflicts, like two guys fighting and choking each other on the street, uh, a guy following her like creepily and like talking to her and like being like inches from her face uh and then she, she witnessed two physical altercations and i don't know i've just like i've never felt afraid in toronto and i know i'm a male but um we're not getting into a new topic but uh yeah there's like really nowhere that's probably no. great to live at the moment everything has its pros and cons i but, agree i mean yeah toronto has been a lot recently um and a lot of people are blaming it on the weather the lockdown very bar the barriers people are facing the ter tearing apart of encampments and like it is very much um it's a complex situation that the government has put us in whether you are the increased homelessness in moncton and all the people who are getting free bus tickets from Fredericton and St. John to go to facilities in Moncton. And then they have no place to go because that's from my understanding, the homelessness crisis uh, at home versus here. It's, it's no good anywhere. That's what this yeah. episode is going to be is, called. Yeah. There's no, no place like home. There's no place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, once again, you know, if you're listening to us, like us wherever you are, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, if you haven't heard our TikTok shot past 10,000 followers recently, it's probably somewhere close to 12 or 13 by now. Um, follow us on Spotify or Apple, wherever you listen to us. And on YouTube, we really are trying to grow this YouTube channel slowly but surely. So like and subscribe. And, and if you, you use again for fountain. watching anything else. If you use Fountain, apparently you can listen yep. to us and like boost us through like crypto stuff. And yep, we signed up because we're cool. Hillary is finally, after what, a year and a half, not <laughs> laughing hysterically whenever someone mentions cryptocurrency. I um, laugh because I didn't understand and I get uncomfortable when I don't understand things because I like to be the smartest person in the room. That's and now okay. I will learn. Yep. Anyway. Uh, yep. So you can listen to us on fountain.fm where you can earn cryptocurrency and so can we. Or you can listen to us on audius.co. It's another platform. Look for Black Lanik where you can uh, earn cryptocurrency. Sounds good. Clinton Davis, Cropberry. Peace. Bye.